Andreas, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be back. We're in a new location. It's nighttime. I hope the lighting comes out okay, but uh, we're happy to have you here. Happy to be here, too. <laughs> so let's get started with the weird stuff first. I've, lo- I've known you a long time now. Um, you've helped me with like 15, 16 different vehicles at yep. least. Uh, and who even knows real st- stuff along the way. But I've been hearing that you dislike me and realtors and I've just heard all types of negative stuff, which is new to me because I've known you a really long time. Every time we hang out, it goes very well. And anytime we've even disagreed about stuff, it's always been an amicable, amicable discussion. So uh, why do you hate me, man? What's that all about? <laughs> First of all, I don't hate you. And I think it's very obvious that I don't. Otherwise, I won't be here. And what I think is happening is when people ask me, especially at the beginning, what my opinion about realtors in general is, it might be not the best answer that you can get. (laughs) So it's not directly against you or not even the profession. It's the way that some realtors manage things in in Nosada and in general in Costa Rica, which is very different of what you have in the States. Uh, Also, and very important, I was thinking about that, is that uh, a lot of times people use their lawyers to say things that they want to say. So because my lawyer said this, I think you're like this, like that. Or or my lawyer said that you said this, so I think you're bad. It's also a small town, too. And as we both know, Mm -hmm. things fly around here fast. Uh And by the way, I also heard a lot of times that realtor doesn't like me at all (laughs) because I check on the properties a lot. So if there's a mistake, they lose commissions also. (laughs) Nice. Well, hey, at least it's a two way street of equal hate towards each other that we don't really have. Exactly. (laughs) So your last episode, we talked about a lot of different stuff, and I'd love to do that again today, too. You're deeply involved in the community. Uh, you're very popular. You know a great deal about what's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And what I'm referencing, there's so many people who visit here or maybe even have a vacation home here and they feel like they really know what's going on. I don't think that's the case at all because inside the workings of community events, whether it they name a subject, uh, water, security, trees, fires, just whatever, there's a lot of effort that goes on behind the scenes from people who are here all the time. Mm-hmm. how do i say this without coming across wrong i think uh, actually I'll, I'll, uh, here comes an opinion i think the real solution to most of our problems is the money from the wealthy people who are just starting to really come in because nosara has become popular with wealthy people you've been on boards i'm on boards constantly on boards and how much do we ever really get done with the boards it's generally not too terribly much we need money so we go to the government or we try to find it or we do something or another. I don't know if we're ever going to get enough money from the government to just solve our problems. So can you elaborate on your thoughts on that? Do you share the same sentiment as I, me or do you have a I different agree, thought? I agree with you. Like Nosara has had the blessing that a lot of people that comes here wants to help. And there's a lot of community sense in, in, in helping people, in improving for animal care, in uh, doing all kinds of stuff to benefit the town. The problem has been that we're a lot of volunteers, but we are not a deep pocket community, right? With the new people is coming, they might not have the time that a lot of people has to help in the committees, but they might have the money to invest in what we need. So NCA, Cebu, uh, the IRA, uh, and all the firefighters, there's a, lo- a lot of volunteers, but they need money. 
to survive, to apply, to do their their daily basis job, and even to build better infrastructure. So maybe that people that is coming with good money, they don't have the time to involve, but they have the money to make our dreams as a community, like to, to exist, to be created. So that's, it's a, that's a good point. It seems like we have the people now here on the ground who want to give back, but not all of them have the money. And on the flip side, it seems like we have lots of people coming in who have money, but maybe not the time to be Correct. here. Mm -hmm. How do we, how do we, out, this, outside of conversations like this one, how do we get that flowing to kind of blend the two things to where they work in conjunction? I think it's informing them of what already exists, the, what the associations mm -hmm. are doing, and basically trying to, <laughs> to do what you're trying to do, like let people know in, a, in good information uh, ways, not the, not the town, uh, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that on their back. Mm -hmm. uh, like, why didn't NCA tell us this? Or why didn't the Bomberos tell us they were going to buy a fire truck? Uh, just let the information flow to everybody and the needs of the different associations so they can get funded. That's a good point. Let's, uh, let, I guess let's just start by subject. What do you want to talk about first? Pick, pick your least favorite subject. Let's get that over with. How about security? <laughs> oh, again? <laughs> Let's get that one over with. What's your take on security? Uh, we're recording this right now, December 2021. Year's coming to an end. We're going into a high season. Tell me about security. I'm afraid about that subject because the lack of employment in other parts of Costa Rica is making an increase of little thieves all around Costa Rica. So... The less jobs, the more tips. And we're already getting experience in an increase of thefts in houses. And people have to be careful. Intensity is picking up too. A little uh -huh. bit stronger, a little bit stronger thieves. So the community has to support the security association and the police and do the reports if they get a robbery in their house or in a neighbor's house. And we have to get together and see solutions. Community guards, uh, like that, if you're leaving, call your neighbor and say, I'm leaving, please watch up my house. And if you see something weird, call me or call the police, please. But uh, alone, we cannot fight this back. I got you. Um, for anybody listening to this who might not be familiar with you or I, you were deep in the security stuff for a long time. As I came in, we both were there for a while. Then you phased out. Then I phased in. Mm -hmm. And I think we both sit here to now or sit here right now in complete harmony. I think the only solution is private security and people communicating in small areas, like neighbors very close to one another. That's our solution. I don't think people hoping that police all of a sudden just start catching no. people and locking them up. And, and, and no, while no, we're on that subject, let's hit the police comment too. The, Can you the address that? police is tied up. Tied up. They catch the guys. They put it in on, uh, on jail. They send it. And then the judge said, like, okay, there's too many people and you, you're free. Until like don't do it again, and that's it. So you will see them again in three, four days, and the thieves are back. So definitely, community has to unite, and each neighborhood should should do their own plan and guard each other. That's that's it. Focus on prevention, prevention, prevention. Mm -hmm. And well, one of the most important points in there is create jobs. I know that's the the work of the government, but also if. Our community is a strong community that gives good jobs to people. There's going to be less thieves. So you, you mentioned jobs and employment, and that makes complete sense. 
we have like the water situation going on right now where we can't get building permits for people to come in. And this isn't a construction question. This is a security question. Mm -hmm. What happens when all these construction workers from all over the place, from multiple countries, from all over the, all over this country, what happens when they run out of opportunity to work? And, and I'm scared of the answer. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. Well, even that a lot of people think that the construction crews are like, Thieves, in, I think some, in some sense, right? Some, some they are. Uh, what has happened is that the groups that actually the police has been caught in there, nothing to do with the with the construction crews. Thank God. Uh, so, so maybe, but it might be a misappreciation that we have, which I also have that kind of uh, I don't know stigma <laughs> I, when you when you see all the construction crews passing by your home and you go like, oh, that's that's not good that they're passing by here. It might not be actually 100% true, but you're correct. If there's no construction, a lot of those people will end up like having nothing to, to, to bring the money back to their home. So they might be ending in thieves. I think that what I really hadn't thought of it too well until I talked with Luca and Angelina. And their point was we're having security issues right now. What happens when the house builds stop? But people have their building crews here. Like, how are we going to get through that? And I didn't really have an answer for that. I still don't. Well, also, a lot of the people that are working in construction in here, they're not from here. So they might leave if they end up with, with jobs. But I think your point is very fair. Like, we need more construction. We need uh, people working. We need more jobs. Sustainable construction, of course. All right. So let's jump off security because this is bumming me out. Let's move into something different. Something nice. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about jobs. For the local populace, this is something you and I have talked about in private before many times. My biggest beef uh, around here outside of just the small town gossip and the silly things that come with small towns is I don't think we focus on people enough. Mm -hmm. we, again, obviously, environment, nature, animals, it's all fantastic. I'm not saying that's bad to focus on it. But what I'm saying is we've got multiple animal refuges. We have multiple, all these different things. What do we have going for people from here who want to get higher paying jobs with the companies here while the town's growing? I'm nervous that we're going from an agricultural community into a high-end tourism community, not even a low-end, like a high-end. There's like a chasm there. How do we get to the people from here so that they have a chance to get a job as the town grows? There, there are efforts like Nosara Crece, Edunamica. They're working to, to try to teach people on how to do their own business, try to give them like the skills that, that are needed for getting better jobs. Um, the problem is the support that those entities have, which is not that much. Like normally uh, you come for the sexy uh, project like the monkeys. Of course, everybody comes here to Costa Rica. Wow, the monkeys and the monkeys electrocuted. It is a necessity. We need them. We have to support them. But normally it's not that sexy to go and help uh, the ticos to learn English, uh, which is a basic skill that you need to have in a town that is for tourists. So, so I think there should be more focus also in those type of associations and those type of helps. It's nice to see like the new project out by the Redonda. Uh -huh. um, it's just it's, it's nice to see that it's starting. I hope people listen to this and dive deeper into that area. It is super important. Because 
like all the new positions in hotels and everything, they're being taken by people from outside Nosara. And that leaves the people from Nosara without a job, even if they live here. Uh, and, and also that could be a problem for the same hotels and from the same uh, businesses because they have to pay more because people have to move and rent a house. And here the rents are incredible. So if you think about it, if all the business invests in education for the people is already here, they might be paying less because they don't have to pay housing for, for the employees. So perfect segue into our next subject. Let's talk about housing and where oh. do people live? Because <laughs> the real estate market's taken off and people see that online and on social media. But I work in real estate and not everywhere is taking off the same. How can a normal income person exist here? I have to make a lot of money just, just to get by. Like my bills are very high, like sky high. I own a business, I pay my taxes, I hire local people whenever I can deeply involved in the community and I work my living butt off just to succeed here. It's hard. Like it's not easy. I'm being honest with you. Not like, easy, not hard. cheap. Uh-huh. So I don't really know that many people who are willing to work as hard as I am. And also I'm getting old. I'm getting tired of it. Like it's, it's taxing. I'm like, make a line. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so what do we do? Because whenever people like want to come work here, and they're like, yeah, where am I going to live? Where, where can I sign up for something? Six, eight hundred, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, or even two thousand a month. And there's no housing. Like, talk me through that. The market has blown in Nosara, so it's really, really, really hard to get housing for workers. Like, and what is existing is already taken. And if you're young, if you have a small salary, Nosara is not the place to be. Definitely. Uh, not even, not only the housing, also the food is expensive. So yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, and I'm not complaining. I'm not being negative. I'm just saying it's hard. And I don't see how somebody not making very much money can even make it. Like it's a. Uh, well, there, there's a thing that I noticed that everybody that comes here wants to live near the beach. And they all come and say, Complain, oh, why in Guiones, K-section, GJ, and everything, I cannot live in there. Like a little shack is $4,000 a month. Well, you're in the touristic area. Like that's a touristic house for uh, for that specific matter, not for, not for you to rent four or five years. Do you think there's anything wrong with that? <sighs> yes and no. Like there should be accessible for everybody. But uh, but it's also not wrong from the perspective of a person that put the money into buying a house created for Airbnb or for a hotel to make their money back. And right now, anything in Guiones is $500,000. So why why should a person that already invested five hundred to a million dollars in a house charge $800 for renting it? Makes no sense, right? So the December mistake- 2021 bad news update. They're at nothing for $500,000 that's a house in Guiones, except for one tiny little uh, minuscule house. Up that's right what I'm saying, but it's 500 for like a real room, yeah. for a small room. <laughs> so You're right. but what I'm saying is there's people that comes here that thinks that they deserve to be in front of the beach and they cannot pay it. And they get angry at, at the owners that are trying to make their money by having a place in there. They should go a little bit farther away and they will, they might find the problem is there's almost none. 
So whoever wants to invest should buy outside guiones and build housing for workers. We need affordable housing. Affordable housing. We really do. Mm -hmm. Next subject. How do you feel about all the growth and how the town is changing? Because there's obvious pros and cons. Well, there's obviously the negatives because we see it just driving around uh, around your 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 family's land or just to where we're at right now. Look how much things have changed in a short amount of time. How does this register on you as somebody who's been here forever? You're deeply entrenched here. It's your life. I always say you're the mayor and you joke about that. But <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> we'll see. It's early in life. You're going to be something. I've, I've always thought that. But back to the point. How do you feel about the growth? Is it all negative? Is it got some good in it? Or is it uh, is it something that just drives you nuts and you can't stand it? Like, talk us through your what's going on in your mind when you're rolling around here. It's a mixed feeling. And, uh, and also, there's good and there's bad. Like, there's... like. You cannot go, everything is bad, or you cannot go, everything is perfect. That's, that's for sure. Like, I have been coming here since I was a six-year-old. And I came to work about 15 years ago to Nosara. So I have seen all the evolution in the past probably 29 to 30-something years. Uh, so, so I have the mixed feeling of remembering, like, how beautiful jungle-ish and, uh, and quiet the place was to the noise that is coming right now and, uh, and the loss of habitat in, a certain, uh, in certain areas, right? But I, I cannot say it's all bad. Like, there's a lot of nice things happening. There's a lot of nice people coming still. So, so we have to get a balance. Like, there's good people doing good things and building good things. And there's not that good people also trying to build 100% of their properties and taking it like just for the profit. So we have both. Let's bounce on to that. So it's been an adventure with the regulations. I've sat here behind these A roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to every side and then some. I've listened to it all. And my personal take on it was I have no problem with the regulations being there. I also realized the regulations weren't really a full solution. It was a help. So while people it's fought, a yeah. right, it was a bandaid. So while people fought so hard, I was sitting here the whole time, just kind of scratching my head, just being like, "This isn't the solution. Like this, this is a help. You guys are getting sidetracked. People are locking up. We're having protests in the streets. Like, good God, man, come on, let's get it together." They were never a full, perfect solution, but we need something. So. Talk us through that from, from your opinion. You heard mine. I never said the regulations were perfect. I think they were handled wrong. Like that's what, that's what I think personally after listening to it all. I think the idea behind it was great. I think the way it was implemented opened up some doors for issues. So I'm sitting here as somebody who works in real estate. I don't mind having the building regulations. I, heck, I didn't really mind the water permits being held off for a long time until I started realizing that might mess up the economy and people in different ways. I guess what I'm saying is I'm I'm okay with rolling with this, like with whatever whatever ups and downs we have. But I don't know a full solution without like a real plan regular door that balances out everything. So that I keep coming back to that. Whenever I think about it, it always comes back to no, we need a real solution with a full decked out. This is what the community should look like. Now go be that community. Even if we had the regulations right now, we didn't have that. So yeah. that's my thoughts. What are yours? The real solution is what you just said, the plan regulator. 
that's it. Like creating a full plan with everything inte- integrated on it with, that has from A to X of how you can build, what you cannot build, the high, everything, like for sure. But it's obviously in Costa Rica, that's almost impossible to put. So the regulations were a necessity. Like, again, it, it was not the perfect solution. It was, it was not, not even close to perfect or to, to 100% something. good, but it was something. And it was the prevention of what is happening, that, it, that people come here and build whatever they want, however they want, and they, they simply don't care about their neighbor. And they don't care about the... Or at least not when they're, they're going, going into the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, let's just put it like that. <laughs> like, they, they don't care about that. So we're also not here a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So they're not here to see the day-to-day part of it. It's just they a- don't live in here. They just come once a year for a week. So they don't have to deal with again, sorry for the word, all the shit that goes into the street <laughs> every day. And they just simply don't see it. So let's move on to septic and water treatment uh, to part of the discussion. We have the good news, let's start with that. The good news is we have more attention. So water quality, both in the ocean and encouraging homeowners to pay attention than I've ever seen. Uh-huh. It's more hospitable. Thanks. Shout out to Dr. Edgeworth and to Vanessa and well, everyone, quite frankly, who's giving money and time and use, utilizing their professional services. That part's good. We have engineers that people can talk to and we have checklists that homeowners can start going through. Even kids are starting to put stuff together. So that's my good news report. But now back to the bad news report. We're growing. It is what it is. What's your take on the whole thing? No, thank God there's people like Vanessa and Robert that are doing those kind of studies because it makes people aware. But are we are we too late? That's probably the question I was. I don't think we're too late. I think we're still we're still good, and there could be a lot of things that can be done. Uh, And it takes money and it takes efforts. But that's part of what we were talking before. Like we need more people involved, more people putting money and especially the people that is investing in here to know that if they don't do a proper water system, uh, their investment could go to zero. Nobody will buy it. Nobody will come. Well, on that note, let's bounce to water and the water permit situation. There's a lot of confusion on this one. Um, How do I say this quickly? I probably get asked about this. One to five times a day. Me Just, too. Uh, <laughs> or more. I, I don't know what to say except for the situation as I know it. I've invited attorneys on. I've invited on architects. I've invited the Assad on. I've invited everybody I know to come in and say whatever they have to say. And it seems like to me, here comes, this shows you how, how small my brain is. It comes back to me that this whole thing, <laughs> excuse me, this whole thing is more of a processing situation in a country that doesn't have the money to do any of this at the speed we need it done. And we happen to be in a fast growing area. It's bringing a lot of attention. <clears throat> but from what I can tell, it doesn't seem like there's some evil manipulative plan to, to block all this. Now, that being said, people are upset and I know they're upset. But from what I can tell, it doesn't seem like anyone's doing anything where they're really just trying to say, gotcha, no, Sara. No, no. The, the town gossip and that's a... Uh a couple of people that just want to make people uh, angry and to have a, an advantage uh, that are making those kind of gossips. Like if you know Costa Rica, if you have been here what, uh, enough time, you will learn that the bureaucracy in here is a nightmare. 
And uh, this water situation is, I think, 85 to 86 other water uh, companies, Asadas, have them. Like, they got, like, the same provision saying you cannot issue water letter because you have to present us all these, these, and these requirements. So it was not only in Nosada. So it's not the evil Asada of Nosada doing that. It is the whole coast of Guanacaste. A lot of associations got that. And the main problem is, first of all, the studies were not cheap, were not easy. Like, at the same time, 80-something Asadas were trying to get the same guys to go there and do the studies. So it was not easy to bring them. At least I don't think it was easy. I don't, I'm not involved in the Asada, just for the record. <laughs> uh, and uh, it took a while probably for them to bring them. And now that everything is supposed to be presented to the AYA the, and, uh, and other entities, because it's not only AYA that, re- that review it, uh, it's probably sitting in a desk under 86 files of other Asadas, just waiting for somebody to read it and say, okay, so it's bureaucracy. Um, My take on it was it's not too dissimilar to the road. And I've done a lot of podcasts on the road. And their funding always went somewhere else or administration changed or something happened. There was always some reason why the funds got diverted or the attention was diverted. It seems like right now if there's 86 other Asadas, the people here who are creating some of the chaos, I'd like to think they weren't being mean or manipulative or anything like that. I'd, I'd like to think it's just people just want results and they just want to get attention to it. But I don't know. You but never know what people That's doing. the worst way to, the, to get attention to it. Like like jumping up and <laughs> waving flags and doing protests in the street and all that type of stuff. Do you remember that when uh, – what I'm trying to remember. When we tried to break off as an annex and the vote was on a Sunday – uh-huh. Do you remember that? They sent Trafico to block all the Nosara people from coming. See, that's a bad idea. Uh, at least I don't support those kind of things. It, well, I'm just, I guess I'm bringing it up because it seems like we go to that with stuff. Like an idea comes up and it's not just one group. Basically, every group around here is real quick to step up. Mm-hmm. Like last year when the regulations didn't go right. I saw flyers of like bulldozers on the beach in Ostinal drawn up and stuff. And I didn't remember anything being built on the beach in Ostinal. And I didn't even think that was part of the segment where the regulations were. But people jumped on that real hard. We have to protect the turtles. And I had people messaging me saying, we have to protect the turtles. You better step up. And I was like, Wait, yeah, turtles are great. But what? I didn't quite catch how that got to that. Yeah, like people take out of context certain things. So, so how do you feel about that? Because you're on the legal side. You don't take anything out of context. You take it for whatever it is, is what it is. And that's what you do. How, how do you survive? Uh, how do you keep your sanity in a small town with all the crazy stuff that goes sideways? Well, you, you listen to all sides, you absorb it, and you keep quiet. That's what you do. <laughs> Most of the time. Actually, I can say I don't keep quiet. I do, I do opposite probably. I think you probably try for a minute and then you like see enough. You're like, all right. Is that that all right? I cannot contain myself a lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Hey, mark down in our notes. I thought it was freaking hilarious when he said I listen to both sides evenly. Then I stay quiet. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of times, a lot of times I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. So on that note. Name me two or three subjects it's best to stay quiet on if you're involved in the community. Oh, no. Take your time. (laughs) (laughs) 
COVID. Okay. It's a, it's a hard topic. Yeah. It's getting harder. It's getting harder than mostly everybody had reason, but they just put it exponentially, their, their, their way to think about it. Right. And they do the devil, the devil to the other side. So it's like kind of hard to, to oh, say man. like there's some middle ground where they have all reason. That made me think about almost every subject. Why does it have to go so far to each side? Where's the middle ground? That's the problem. People doesn't get into middle grounds. They just go to their opinion and that's it. They don't, they don't like to go to the center. No, I'm not good at dealing with that. Like I'm, if I was labeled in, centrist is a perfect label for me. I, I walk through my life like that through my career, involvement in the community, everything, all of it. Like my entire time involved with security, even as president, even as volunteer, all of it. I always knew it was losing battle. I never one time ever thought we were going to like win. It was, we need to just do what we can. The laws are stacked against us. If we catch this guy today, he's going to be out tomorrow. I can't fix that. So I just had to let it go. But a lot of people were like, I can't give you any more money because the police just let those people go. So I, I get hung up there. So they, they, don't get, they don't get it. Exactly. They don't get it. If you don't do anything, things are going to be very, very, very bad. If you do a little bit, even if you know that they will be released. Like if, if they got caught once or twice, they don't, they're not going to go again where they got caught. They're going to go somewhere else. That's the point. If you make the, the, the community secure enough, they won't, they won't come back. They will go somewhere else to try to steal. The ideally will be that they will be locked up <laughs> and not come back any place. But if we make Nosara secure, then we'll go somewhere else. They will go somewhere else. It's kind else. of spreading exactly. cockroaches. But that same uh, thought process, I guess, applies to all these subjects, yeah, construction, to, to the whole thing, right? Like you cannot make the people that are building the evil people because they have rights to build. Of course, the way they do is what we need to correct, right? Like maybe you see a lot being chopped. Hopefully it's not the whole lot. Right. Uh, they leave something for the nature. That's, that's the point. A middle ground. Man, we're starting to break rule number one, though, and we're starting to make sense. So we <laughs> let's get let's get back let's to go our, to something else. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump on to the next one. Um, what, what's happened a lot much lately? Fires. Fires didn't seem as bad last dry season. No, actually, I never thought about it, and it was pretty good. Actually, I don't think I don't think they got that bad. Yeah. Huh. At least uh, all the mountain in uh, in the side of Rio Nosada didn't burn this yes, year. Not that, that I know. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, man. Fires are bad. Um, shout out to all the volunteers for all the people who step on up on fire stuff. They're uh, awesome. Yeah, geez, that let's let's point that out. I like to point that out in podcast a lot whenever we can. Whenever stuff hits the fan, people come together. Like mm -hmm. the little the little disharmony stuff can can be brushed aside quickly around here. See. The community is, at the end, is pretty united in thing, I think, in here. You were supposed to name the three subjects we can't talk about. You got me off the subject I'm, I'm, really well. I'm trying to go somewhere else. <laughs> All right, fair enough. We'll see if I'll circle back around to that later. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. What advice would you like for all the new buyers who are trying to buy and get at least a vacation home or relocation or whatever? What would you like for them to know? Like if you if you could say every person who comes in, doesn't matter the real estate agent, the attorney or any of that stuff, 
just as a human, you want them to know? Ah, like I want lots of things that they know. I will love that they know how the community used to be, how the place used to be, because a lot of people comes and try to make this their home and they try to adapt to the way their home back home sorry for the redundancy is right so you come from europe you come from the states you come, come from canada see how beautiful the community is come here and try to make it like your community in the states in canada everywhere else so there's a that's one of the main things that the community is struggling right now, I think, with the, with that kind of change, with that kind of imposition. So I would like that people that is coming and are new, like they, they know what Nosara is, what Nosara was, and try to adapt and think that if they come here, they should be adapting to it, not trying to change it. No, that's a good point, because it, it does, that does happen. People are from wherever they're from and they're used to, I think they're used to having trash. I think they're used to not having to volunteer to go put out the fire themselves. Like, I think they're used to having s municipality services. They don't have the idea of the struggle that every single of those little things that they take as granted has cost us. They don't know how many years we fight for the pave of the road. They don't know how many years we fight for the trash collection. They don't know a lot of things, and they just come and assume that I was here since ever, so... Oh, hey, out of mercy for your past, uh, and just we I mean, talked about it too much. I'm in vacation. I'm retired from all the associations, as, except for a couple of one of them. But <laughs> so don't have a mercy for my past. Don't worry. No, I'm, no, you just read my mind. I was going to nominate you to get back involved with the dump or some other thing. You <laughs> no, no, thank you. Um, on a serious but kind of funny note, you actually have been a mayor before. Can you tell me that which town that was? I was vice mayor in Montedioca, which is a quite big uh, uh, county in San Jose. You weren't very old, though. No, no. I was pretty young, like 24, 25. When I was 24, 25, I, I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you were a vice mayor. <laughs> well, I was pretty involved in associations and politics and my family kind of is also in in that area it's in your blood it's in the blood exactly all right so on uh the association note let's talk through community organizations because here we've got a good number of community organizations thank god thank you to everyone who's involved start with that now let's get to the point in our community organizations we have it seems like a fair bit of rough edges can you talk me through that? Because you've seen it all the whole time. I've never seen a community organization just stay smooth. It's where everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, not once. Why is that? Like, why, why is there rough edges on stuff? It's human nature. Like, if you're doing something, somebody is going to think that's bad, that's wrong. So Someone's mad about you and me talking right now. I promise you, someone's going to tell sure, me about this for podcast. For sure, somebody's going to call you. Why did you inter interview that guy? Like, I don't like him. So, why are you with him? <laughs> for sure. But but that's the point. Like, whatever you do, there's somebody that, for different reasons, will don't like what you're doing. How does that not bother you? Because I did this podcast for me was to face our lack of communication and I'm just really sick of social media or involving Osara, like sick to my stomach. Like the same people type the same things 
to the same audience that either likes or dislikes it. And we just recircle the same Go stuff. around and around. Uh-huh. Every subject, every year, literally is the same thing. And it just got to me to where I was just like, all right, enough. I'm going to get a microphone and I'm going to get a camera. And then we can say whatever they want. But even that bit me in the ass. One of people I really like and respect right now are infuriated with me about a recent podcast. And my <laughs> point is I didn't say nothing. I just sat there and let them talk. And their point is you can't do that. And my point is... I can't not. I've had enough. I want information to flow. I'm not saying anything you and I are saying is perfectly accurate, but I'm saying we have a right to say it. It's points of view. And points of view should be out there so people can make their own point of view. How does that and, not and bother you? And you're, not, and you're not a newspaper. You're not a reporter. So that means you don't have to do check on what the people is saying or not. You're just a friend making an interview. That's it. All right, but when so, I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to be a little bummed because people I, I like and respect are furious with me right now. I don't, but I don't, I don't feel like I did anything wrong, but I'm bummed that they're upset. You're an attorney, so I know you have thick skin and logic on your side, but how do you deal with all the Nosara stuff like that? Like, how do you get by with it? The thing is, just by my profession, I get people that hate me because what I do. Like, if I'm representing you and I call somebody that you have a problem with, immediately they take me as a, as the enemy, right? So it's something that you have to live with. It's like, That's why you're so good at politics. <laughs> you, 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 just, you grew up with this. It, it is something that you have to live with. Yeah, I choose this profession. And again, I'm not enemy of the people that, that, uh, that probably my clients hate or dislike or have a legal problem. I just have to do my work and notify them of the problem that they have go to court if we have to go to court or tell them this is wrong with your property. You should not buy it. And then the seller gets mad. <laughs> oh, people love the that. realtors get mad and they don't <laughs> like me because we have to say. We kill their deal. Exactly. I mean, we will kill the deal. That's your job though. But that's my job. Exactly. We have, I got it. So we, your we, livelihood. We have to be a pain in the butt of a lot of people to do our jobs. And people hate <laughs> that, us because of that. So I'm That makes sense. I, I, yeah, that, I get it. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. I'm a... Hmm. I think I'm doing the wrong job. I'm a- <laughs> and I think I have the wrong hobby. <laughs> oh, man, I need to think about my life. No, but, uh- <laughs> they, they, you're, you're doing a good thing with the hobby. That people get mad at you, it's on them. They're the ones that are going to be mad, not you. I just haven't figured it out yet. I don't get paid anything, and I never even talk about my day job. I don't ask for shit. <laughs> just, <laughs> just people get mad, but that's okay. Um, so moving onward from that, what three things in any order involving the community are just a subject or just the changes because it's been a lot of growth since you moved here full time and set up your business. What what kind of jumps out at you? We have a paved road now. We have a little less dust. No dust. We got a lot more people. Uh, noise. You hate noise. Start with that. I don't like noise. Like people is getting noisy around here. Like a lot of yelling and uh, actually the attitude of people also is changing. Talk like, me through like that. You, you see more aggressive driving, more more, more, more little fights. Uh, you, you can see people throwing stones and things like that in, uh, <laughs> in certain parts and <laughs> getting into more fights. Like people probably is stressed, but you can feel that. That makes uh, sense. So, so noise and the general attitude. Um, what else? Well, that's enough if, if, if that's all you got. 
That's all I got, man. I will take it. So let's move on to more positive subjects. Congratulations on your new building, your new, your, yeah. Congratulations on your new building, your new Thank location. You. It looks fantastic. It is in a spot that everyone thought was a complete ditch and never could hold anything. And now it's been standing there and it looks great. Thank you. It was actually, we're proud of it. Like Donald and I work a lot to build that. And it's hard, like, for me, it's 14 years of working in Osada that I can say there it's it there. Is. There it is. I, I brought is up the, the low part of it for a reason because people for years were like, oh, no, no. And then when the construction was happening, people were like, oh, no, no, no. Uh-huh. And I wanted to give a shout out to you and Donald because you have worked on that a long time. And I feel you both deserved it. You went from your tiny little offices the size of this rug. Yeah, we were <laughs> renting a tiny office and like we needed it. And it is good because we're growing a lot and now Donald has like 13 people working for him. I already have like six people working for me in, in the office. So it's quite different. Hey, do you still have to listen to Donald say, oh, yes, yes, yes. Or, oh, for yeah. example, for oh, example. Yeah. They, I don't listen that much, but I still do. <laughs> He's far away from me now in the other office next door. But, <laughs> but we still talk a lot and have a lot of fun. Nice. Oh, man. I'm so happy for both your success. Like you guys have done it. And you set up when there was very little money to be made. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how hard it was to make a living? Like 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12? It was not easy at all. And uh, and we made it through. But I think you, me, Donald, uh, and a lot of people that are, were here before, like, we know how hard it is. And we appreciate more what it has become. Yeah, I think you're right. I definitely appreciate some of the growth. And I didn't think I would, but Beverly Kitson opened my eyes to some of it. Because when I was talking with her, I was expecting her to say, oh, it's all growing. Everything's gone. Because I hear that all the time. And she's like, it's just not gone. I can go to a doctor now. Uh-huh. Like, I could get something. Like, the, like she really liked and the, the paved road she could drive around for once without getting choked with dust like uh there's a lot a lot of good things a lot of good things that are happening and a lot of good things that are coming also and what i say is not not everything is lost actually we have a a lot of little things that we can save and improve and make the community nice mm. if well, we do the correct yeah things. i was gonna say uh, uh rattle off a couple of ways we could make it better like what are some correct things we can do just off the top of your head. Uh, we need more properties that give access like to, to wildlife. Uh, if you buy a 5,000 square meter lot, like you cannot build it all like by law. Hopefully, right? <laughs> we you don't buy, need the, we don't need the regulations. You by law, you cannot build it. <laughs> so people could donate an easement and leave part of the lot for crossing of wildlife. Uh, there's the septic tanks, like put a nice septic tank just by doing that, that you need to do it at the beginning when you're building, uh, if you do it correctly. Andres, that's a good point. It's nice that the technology has gotten to where that's accessible and it's not that expensive. They're not ex- that expensive anymore, exactly. So so it's not even that you have to be deep pocket to do it. Like you can still do it with a decent amount. So there's some positive that comes with the growth. Now, um, as you can tell by my figure, I like to eat stuff. So tell me about it. <laughs> so uh, well, we're dads and have kids now. We're getting old. But uh, there's some fun in getting fat, I think. So let's talk about that. What are your current three 
are four top restaurants. No order. I'm no I order. stick with the old guys still. Let's hear it. I still love Marlin Bills. I still love uh, um, Beach Dog. I really like uh, Carlitos Pacifico Azul. Uh, but there's a lot like like now. El, el Coyol is awesome. The views and the food is delicious. La Luna. There's there's so many so many good restaurants. I cannot I cannot pick one or it's three. It's really hard for us to stay skinny. Exactly. Look look my figure like. <laughs> Man, there's no shortage of good food around here. Uh, how about fishing activities? What are you doing for fun? How, what are you doing to stay sane? And when you get away from the office, like how I do you have clear my, your head? I have my two kids, so that's what keeps me sane. So every night I go there and kiss them and put them into bed. And uh, in the weekends we go to the pool or to the beach. And that's my, that's it. That's the that's, balance. That's all I need. My family, my wife and my two kids. Beautiful. Your favorite thing about Nosara in 2021 compared to say 2006. What's better now that you really like and you're like, I'm glad that's happening. The kid that just won the oh, yeah, surf contest. That's Jeez, that's huge. That's awesome. That's See? huge. She needs to come in. You you should invite her, yeah. I will. And and that's one of the main things that we have to be proud of right now, Jeez. Nosara, like the type of people that are, that are, that we're making in here also. That's not a small deal. Having. No, she's a worldwide champion surfing. Yeah, good stuff. And I'm glad you came in. I'm glad it turns out we still are friends and and uh that's positive. Exacto. <laughs> So I guess here's what we'll do. We'll separate for now. I'll hear all the rumors about how much you hate me and you'll hear all the rumors how much I hate you. <laughs> exactly. And then we'll circle back in six or seven months. <laughs> and we have a beer and have fun. Hey, good luck this high season. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything you've done over the years. And I know you never asked for the credit, but those of us, we know. We know who you are <laughs> and we appreciate it. And Thank you very much. And you know you too. Like It has been a joint effort for many people. It's an interesting place we live. Mm-hmm. Keep Nosara weird. Shout out to Carl. <laughs> All right. 